Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will will get you though for just 20 bucks a month you can get unlimited talk text and plenty of 5g data from my sponsor and my cell phone company pure talk make the switch today and save an additional 50 percent off your first month choose a wireless company who shares our values go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries that's puretalk.com slash jesse Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Power and money. Let's talk a little palace intrigue tonight. Let's dump on the media out there. Let's talk about a state of the race for 2024. Is there going to be a race? All that's coming up on I'm Right. Get money out of politics. You ever said anything like that or thought things like that? I certainly have. Get money out of politics. It's one of those kind of no-brainer things, right? How much better would it be if we got money out of politics? Now, let's be clear about this. It's not your mommy's show. It's your daddy's show. We have to live in reality. Money's part of politics. It has always been part of politics, and it always will be long before there was a United States of America. Roman senators were being bought off and buying other people off and being bribed. Right down to a tribe electing its new chief. Hey, man, if I give you a couple extra cow cattle, will you uh, give me your vote? Money's part of politics. That's ugly. That's the reality of it. Now, let's talk about what it means, because it has so much to do, so much to do with why we are where we are as a late-stage republic. 
uh, Joe Biden, for instance. We'll, we'll get into all this uh, stuff that happened in the House today. But Joe Biden, for instance, why, why does, why do his family members keep getting these huge payoffs from other nations and companies? Gas company in Ukraine, a country here, Chinese CCP. Why? What do you gain from that? Joe Biden doesn't have any money. He's been a senator forever. I, yeah, he's got money, but. It, 165 grand a year he's been making? That's not wealthy. So what do, you, what do they gain from that? Well, Joe Biden has access to more money. Your money, specifically. My money. So money always plays a part. You saw the House of Representatives. They passed a bill banning men from competing against women in sports. Okay, fine. It's not going anywhere. Obviously, it's going to get shot down. Every single United States senator will shoot it down. And even if they didn't, well, every single Democrat senator, probably half the Republicans, and even if they didn't, Joe Biden would shoot it down. But why is that? Have you wondered why that is? Why is it that the entire Democrat Party is all of a sudden rainbow warriors? When all of them, from Obama to Biden, recently were against even the basic concept of gay marriage on camera. No, it can't happen. But now, now they don't. Why? Money. The gay lobby is a rich lobby. They command dollars. They command campaign dollars. You go out there and take a step against the LGBTQ demon mob if you're a Democrat, you might lose your next election. Money matters. You do remember all the Bud Light stuff, right? All the Bud Light stuff? because we're switching gears to our team. In case you forgot, here's a little snippet. GOP quietly backs off attacking Bud Light. In fact, the National Republican Congressional Committee put out and then swiftly deleted a direct attack on Bud Light, whose parent company donated nearly 500,000 to its candidates. And finally, we were almost ready to make an example of this gigantic corporation. And the low T GOP looks at its campaign donations and says, oh, uh, guys, uh, uh, no, what if, we, what if we lose campaign money, guys? Oh my gosh, stop. This is why I don't call myself a Republican. Weird how you haven't heard anything about Bud Light since Monday. I'm sure it's just a coincidence that Jeff Miller is a Bud Light lobbyist the big boy Bud Light lobbyist, good friends with Kevin McCarthy, intern with Kevin McCarthy. You see, we were getting ready for a nice little cultural win, leave one of these corporations dead on the side of the road for, again, waterboarding us with all this trans filth, and the GOP stepped in for money and put a stop to all of it. Money always comes down to that, always does. I remember that story I told you a long time ago? I know we have a bunch of new viewers, and we're grateful for that. So let me tell you a little story about me. So you know I ran for office, ran for Congress. I was fresh out of the Marines. I'd never been involved in politics. I got mad about what Barack Obama was going to do to the country. I ran for Congress in a kind of a purple district, a blue district. There was an incumbent Democrat, but maybe it could be one. Decided to run for Congress out of nowhere. And as you can imagine, I know you're going to find this shocking, I was far to the right as a candidate, far to the right. And the establishment, backed by John McCain, put in a state senator against me. Of course, he was going to be a good boy, right? And I blew his doors off. 
well, then I'm done with the primary, and now I need to raise money. Because she, uh, Gabrielle Giffords was my opponent, she had tons of money, and she's attacking me on TV, and I need, I need to raise money. And all the standard GOP donors froze me out, didn't give me a dime as I sat there broke, getting savaged on TV. This is not sour grapes, by the way. Best thing that ever happened to me. I'm just telling you how money works in politics. I had endorsed John McCain's primary opponent against him, so John McCain did not care for me at all. Then I get a meeting with him in Washington, D.C. Got back there doing some other stuff. I get word he wants to meet me. Okay, let's go meet. Sat down, talked with him. He is a, he was, rest, rest in peace, a military guy, crass, straightforward in person, and because of that, we ended up getting along very well in that meeting. By the time that meeting was over, John McCain decided that he liked me. And it was still, to this day, one of the most unbelievable things ever. We, as a campaign, we had a P.O. box, because right? you can't have the address of the office. All these commie nutballs will come vandalize the place. So you have a P.O. box. And that's a place where people can mail checks, mail campaign donations. And so we would go every day. Someone on my staff would go every day and open up the P.O. box and look, and there's never anything in there. There's right? a check for five bucks. And you're just screwed. Right after John McCain decided he liked me, the most exciting part of the day was running down to the P.O. box to see all the checks. It's checks from everywhere. People I'd never met. People I'd never talked to. Like that. Light switch got turned on. That's how politics works. It's an ugly bit of business, isn't it? Why do you think this Jamal Bowman, why do you think he, he's such a weird person anyway, one of these loud, annoying communists, but why do you think he's so, so committed to protecting TikTok? On TikTok, you have been outspoken against a ban. Is there anything that you could learn about what the Chinese have access to, what they're doing with it, that would prompt you to support a ban? Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen any evidence of Chinese espionage or Chinese... The intel or anything. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen... There hasn't been, like, a top-secret congressional briefing on uh, what China is doing with TikTok. We've never had that. At the same time... Facebook, in real time, ignored Russian interference in our 2016 elections. Like, that happened. That's a fact. I bet you, if you look through the FEC, that's, that's where you go to find campaign donations and all this stuff is public, I bet you after the next election cycle, or maybe even this past one, if you did some digging through the FEC files, you would find some very interesting campaign donations to a Mr. Jamal Bowman. That's why all of a sudden you go on these PR tours. That's the state of politics. And when you get to a late stage republic, it gets ugly. But, you know, moving off of money, let's do keep in mind, in the end, it's about power because power is what gets you more money. And I have to laugh. I laugh every time. You remember after the midterms, we were all expecting a red wave, myself included. And instead, we got a, a red dribble, just a little red drip. And it was horrible. We were all down and out about it. Ah, oh, it sucked. And you remember the establishment types? I remember like it was yesterday, Mitch McConnell and those guys got up and told you, oh, it's about candidate quality. Uh, it's definitely candidate quality, guys. We hear that all the time. Then what are they saying? 
What are they saying is, well, you guys keep nominating these far-right ickies. If you would just get some weak, low-T GOP types, then they'd get elected. That's always what they're saying when they talk about candidate quality, right? Which really makes me laugh because John Fetterman's a U.S. senator. I called to this hearing of the U.S. Senate subcommittee and food and nutrition, specialty crops, <laughs> organics, and research to order. I thank you for your leadership on this committee, and I look forward to working with you to pass a farm bill. We need to come together and stop playing political games with Americans' access to food. Americans like Chair about Corey Jor from the north to the town of Northeast in Pennsylvania tells me that his victim was skimming, which was when somebody stole money and he relied from its SNAP EBT. Mr. Jor is not the first Pennsylvanian I've heard this from. I fear he won't be the last. And I will work in this farm bill to modernize SNAP to work to recipients in the 21st century. I look forward to from hearing from you, your witness on this nutrition, for assistance on the farm bill. And I will now turn to Senator Braun for any opening comments that he would like to make. Definitely candidate quality, right? All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Steve Krakauer is going to join us next. We're going to rip on the media. That's always fun, isn't it? Now, before we get to that, let's do a little housekeeping here, as in your house, your family. We have to protect what we've earned because these people are pillaging it. It's not just with taxes. They're destroying the value of your dollar. They're going to get us into World War III, and God only knows what's going to happen then. The dollar is going bye-bye as being the world's reserve currency at some point in time. And what are you going to do about it? What can you do about it? You're just a citizen. I'm just a citizen. What are we going to do? Well, no matter what they do, they can't destroy the value of my gold and silver. They can't destroy the value of your gold and silver. Things you can touch and feel, that's the value we need to be accumulating right now. Oxford Gold will get gold or silver in your 401k and IRA, making sure your retirement's not wiped out. They'll send gold and silver coins to your front door. But more than anything, don't wait. Oxford Gold needs to be called tonight, all right? Call 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call, okay? We'll be back. I want to ask you about leaving CNN. Um, you recently, relatively recently, uh, left CNN, um, and clearly they kind of pushed you out uh, as, yeah. they, as, they, as they announced they were. I've embraced the F word, Dan. Fired. You got fired. Um, <laughs> why do you think you got fired? I don't know. Really? Um, you really don't know? I really, truly don't know. I think we were doing really fantastic journalism at CNN for the nine years that I was there. Fantastic journalism, absolutely. Let's see what Steve has to say about that. Joining me now, Steve Krakauer, editor of Fourth Watch Media and author of the book Uncovered. Hey, Steve, Brian doesn't know why he was fired, man. He was just out there bringing the journalism every single day, and they let him go. I don't know why they would do that to such a, such a man of integrity. 
Yeah, I guess if he continued on and said, I don't know why I was fired, and yet Don Lemon and Jim Acosta and Brianna Keeler and so many others have not been, then I can understand where he's coming from because I do think that in some ways, Brian was a bit of a fall guy for the old administration. You know, Brian was most connected to the Jeff Zucker administration, the Jeff Zucker era, which is gone. Now there's new bosses. They've been there for about a year. And Brian is really one of the only notable names who is no longer there. You know, a couple contributors here and there, the John Harwoods of the world. But there's a lot of people from that old era that were, <laughs> to be honest, not doing good journalism then, not really doing great journalism now, and they remain at CNN. Brian, though, you know, he's there talking to Dan Abrams over on News Nation. Okay, help me understand why, Steve, because I, I had heard same things you were hearing when Brian got the axe and before he got the axe, that there was new management now, and they're going to clean house, and we're going to look at this, and we're going to just totally revamp the whole network. And like you pointed out, that loser Don Lemon is still there. He might be one of the dumbest people walking the planet, and he can't quit screwing up, and he still has a show. Why has there not been more turnover? Yeah, I, I Don Lemon got his butt handed to him by Vivek Ramaswamy this week uh, in what felt like the nail in the coffin to me, although I've said that multiple times, and Don Lemon just remains. is like the guy who just cannot lose a job, apparently, although he has been relegated from the primetime area to the morning show that no one's watching, and he's just one of three hosts there. So he's been slightly getting demoted and demoted, and eventually will be out the door. I, I, I'm very confident of that, but not happening yet. Yeah, it's been a year here. I, I think the, the, the cynic in me would say that it is very hard to, to turn over a news network. And so you've got to do it strategically and slowly. And a couple years down the road, we'll say, oh, remember CNN looks completely different now. But no, you're right. As of this moment, it's like the Titanic and they're literally just rearranging the deck chairs. It's like, oh, let's take this person and pair him with this person. They're the same people. It's not a lot changing there. And so as Donald Trump begins another run, and we know the Donald Trump era was so bad for the journalistic standards of CNN, I don't see it changing massively yet. Uh, I, I I hope it does. I really do. Yeah. Bad for the standards, good for ratings, though. He was interesting because they could right. not be. You know what else I found interesting was the media's response to the Fox News Dominion suit. Well, here was some of it. I'm sorry, this is going to be difficult to say with a straight face. This settlement reflects Fox's continued commitment to the highest journalistic standards. We are hopeful that our decision... Sorry. I know that there were a lot of people that wanted this process to take place in court because outside the, uh, you know, the media defamation case, uh, this was also a really, to some extent, a trial built about, uh, made about democracy and, and democracy at large and elections. So, you know, this is going to avert all of that. It's, it's going to save Fox, I think, a lot more added embarrassment. Steve, I, I, you know, I call, me, call me a nutball, but I can't help but wonder... These people seem to be taking a lot of glee in a news organization being held to account by a private corporation for things they've told on the air, for things they said on the air. The CNN does realize they lie for a living, right, about everyone? You're, you're, you're absolutely right. And forgive me for a second to just go back. Jake Tapper, solid journalist, not a good actor. That is just embarrassing. And then Oliver Darcy, I mean, I completely forgot about him. I mean, he's like significantly worse from Brian Seltzer as we're going through all the people. He's still there. He's their media guy now. I mean, it's just, oh, and you're knowing his way through a terrible segment that, you know, clearly someone put together for him about democracy. Like, give me a break. Yeah, no, these people, the CNNs of the world, but beyond that, New York Times, Washington Post, ABC, everyone who's taking glee in what's happening here, this giant $787 million settlement, they do not see 
seem to understand the chilling effect that this will have on them. Now, in some cases, it will be just the reverse. So it'll be people on the right who feel that they were smeared correctly, lies were told about them, will become much more litigious and will sue them for all sorts of reasons, just like we saw in Nick Sandman in the Covington High School case, suing places like CNN and coming to a settlement, just like is happening here. Uh, Not so much money, we don't know how much money it was settled for. So this is going to continue to happen. And I don't think they clearly understand that this is bad, not just for the Fox News of the world, it's bad for them, it's bad for the First Amendment. And they're just, their hatred of Fox, their hatred of anything on the right these days, overcomes them with emotion and they just cannot see the reality of what this will do for their industry. BuzzFeed News is no longer with us, apparently. I saw that headline today. What do we make of that? I don't think I've ever read BuzzFeed News. Maybe that's the problem. (laughs) Yeah, I I have to say, I, I think this is really an interesting moment here. BuzzFeed was one of two outlets, BuzzFeed and Business Insider, that have made it a point that they are now publishing articles using artificial intelligence, AI. BuzzFeed News shuts down today. Insider announces today they're cutting staff by 10%. I don't think these are unrelated. I, I think that there is a real shift that's happening where if you're a, a good journalist or let's say an interesting commentator, if you've got unique points of view or you're bringing something exclusive to the table, you've got great sources, you should be fine as AI becomes the norm in our society. But if you're a bad journalist, if you're boring, if you bring nothing to this table except aggregation, you will probably lose your job. And I think that's what's happening here with BuzzFeed Insider, and it's only the beginning. I mean, this is a really perilous time for the bad to marginally good journalists that make up so much of the industry these days, the laziness, they're going to get just completely weeded out. Steve, this Pentagon leaker story, I don't trust anything anymore, and that's because I've been lied to by all these entities for so long. So... I don't trust anything. I don't trust that this was the guy. Maybe he was the guy. I don't know. I just don't trust it. I don't trust that he was working alone. Maybe he was, but I don't know. And that's really the damage that's done when you lose trust in all these institutions. I don't trust the Pentagon. I don't trust the media. I don't trust anyone. Yeah, I, I, I think what's, what's really most interesting to me and makes me not trust the media, the places like the New York Times and the Washington Post that used to really relish when they got a leak. I, I compared this in Fourth Watch the other day to Politico's... Uh, exclusive reporting that was thanks to the leak out of the Supreme Court, which was the Dobbs decision. Now, I'm very curious who that Dobbs leaker was, but I get the instinct by the media to keep that silent, to to you know basically uh, you know go to bat in protecting the leaker because that's sort of a journalistic tenet. This is the opposite effect. The New York Times and the Washington Post were the keystone cops in trying to track down this person. They're sitting there behind their laptops like these social media sleuths trying to figure out like crack the case. That is completely bizarre because at the bare minimum, we know, thanks to reporting in places like the New York Times, that what was in those leaked documents show that the Biden administration was not being truthful with the American people about what's happening in Ukraine, what's happening across in South Korea, in Israel. And so we know that there was actual information, actual value that we learned from these leaks. And yet they want to track down the leaker and come up with the identity in conjunction with the FBI. That's a really weird time. And it it should raise eyebrows of everybody about where the press is aligned these days. Well, the system only exists to protect itself. Steve, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Hey, Jesse, thanks. Speaking of the Pentagon, let's address a couple military things and something else that's probably going to be a little bit uncomfortable. Before we get to that, let's get to this. 
I uh, have had some rough phone calls and text messages, especially in last year or two with veteran friends of mine. This is a time because of a lot of things, the Afghanistan pullout and, and the direction the military's gone, where veterans who were already struggling are now uniquely disillusioned with the country itself, the military country itself, and with themselves, with their lot in life, their purpose in life. It's a very, very difficult time right now for these guys. We need to make sure we're reaching out. We need to make sure we're helping whenever we can. And if they need it, we need to make sure we're getting these guys into Boulder Crest. Boulder Crest is taking these guys in, guys who are struggling with that transition from military man to civilian, and they're bringing them back. Saving lives is what they're doing at Boulder Crest. They're saving lives. We need to support them in that mission. Our veterans deserve that, do they not? Go to bouldercrest.org and donate, please. Give whatever you can give. Bouldercrest.org. We'll be back. We'll get to the Afghanistan stuff in just a second. I just feel obligated to say something that might be a little bit hard to hear. Uh, obviously, you remember the Trump indictment in New York City. And I'm getting a sense of something. In fact, I got a sense of it right away, almost right away, as soon as the indictment was announced, and then he got indicted. I'm getting a sense of something. I'm getting a sense that the right is under the impression that this is so ridiculous that it's going to go away and not going in. It's not going anywhere. And don't get me wrong, it is beyond ridiculous. It is beyond unjust and wrong what they're doing to Trump. Ridiculous charges. The whole thing is absurd. So it is ridiculous. But Donald Trump was in very serious trouble, legal trouble. Not because he did anything wrong. Because we have parts of this nation now, New York City being one of those, that are wholly controlled by communists at every level. This is why I warned you a long time before he was indicted in New York, I came on here and I warned you, Trump's in very serious trouble in New York. And why did I tell you that? Because at no level, when you're in New York City, you're in Manhattan, if you start at the bottom rung of political power, at no point when you start climbing that ladder will you encounter anyone who will or even can stop the communists at the bottom from tearing Trump apart. If you're sitting there telling me, oh, he didn't do anything wrong. Okay, that's not the point. You don't understand. Why are you telling me that? I know he didn't do anything wrong. That means nothing. Not in a communist-run area that wants to burn him. Set aside what he did or didn't do. That doesn't matter. I need you to tell me who's going to stop it. You know Congress can't stop it, right? Alvin Bragg is going to have a change of heart? Is that what you think? Do you think the full-blown communist Letitia James, the state AG of New York, do you think she's going to step in and stop it? Kathy Hochul, governor? Eric Adams, the mayor? Who's going to stop it? Oh, Jesse, but if it goes to trial, he'll be fine. Do you have any idea the percentage of Democrats versus Republicans in Manhattan where that trial is going to be held? Over 80% Democrats. Do you know that Democrats in this country do genuinely believe Donald Trump is Adolf Hitler? Do you think 
a jury of 12 is going to be made up of anyone but communist apparatchiks who've been dying to throw Trump against the wall forever. Donald Trump is in serious legal trouble. And we haven't even gotten to the DOJ where he'll be tried in D.C. Maybe even Georgia as well. Atlanta's the same thing here. I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this because I really feel like our side kind of shrugged its shoulders and moved on here and just kind of thought, oh, well, these charges are crazy. And even some of the liberals are saying charges are crazy. That's ridiculous. I think Donald Trump's going to jail. I do. And that's a freaking horrible place to be. But I do. It's a late-stage republic. That's the way it goes in a late-stage republic. You can tell we're in a late-stage republic. The evidence is everywhere. You can tell by military accountability. We've had this discussion before on the show. Historically, if you're a military commander of any kind and you have a failure on the battlefield, there are severe consequences. Resign, fired. Some societies, they'll torture you and kill you. Not even for malicious things, just a bad mistake. Many societies throughout history, you'll die for screw-ups. Well, we just had a report on Afghanistan. You know, the 20-year war, thousands of lives, thousands of maimed, who knows how many dollars at this point in time that ended in a horrific, embarrassing failure with 13 of our warriors killed needlessly. And then we responded to that by drone striking 10 innocent people, six of whom were children. Well, they decided they were going to do a big write-up, do a big report on that. And surely somebody's going to resign, get fired, right? Heads have to roll, maybe even some prison time for somebody. Someone, someone's going to go to prison, surely, right? Well, no. In a normal country, yes, but not in a late-stage republic. And he inherited a deal struck between the previous administration and the Taliban that called for the complete removal of all U.S. troops by May of 2021, or else the Taliban, which had stopped its attacks while the deal was in place, would go back to war against the United States. That stuff belonged to the Afghans. And so this idea, this argument is just ludicrous that we left millions of dollars of stuff in Afghanistan. We didn't. And so for all this talk of chaos, I just didn't see it. Not from my perch. Nope. The inspector general for Afghanistan had one of the more sobering testimonies I've seen. You want to talk about a late stage republic? You want to get mad about that tax money you just paid? Listen. The lack of cooperation by state, and I'm not talking about the IGs, I'm talking about the Department of State and to a lesser extent USAID, is unprecedented in the nearly 12 years that I have been the cigar. Due to this refusal to fully cooperate, a significant portion of cigar's work, including the two report, the five reports we did for this committee, have been hindered and delayed. Unfortunately, as I sit here today, I cannot assure this committee or the American taxpayer we are not currently funding the Taliban. Funding the Taliban. Late stage Republic. Look, I told you it was going to be uncomfortable. We'll beat up the media next and make you feel better. Okay? We'll beat up the media next. And we'll beat up your red school district, too. 
you see your red school district isn't as red as you think. And if we had any journalism in this country, you would know that. Before we get to that, let's take care of our puppies. Got to take care of our dogs, right? I know you love your dog. Feed him, water him, walk him, play with him. You give him a little snuggles when you get home. Don't lie. I know you do. I do too. Stop. I'm, I'm embarrassed, but it's true. Stop. What do you give him for nutrition, though? Because his dog food is trash. It is. My dog's food is trash. It's not your fault. You can't make your own dog food. They make dog food and they kill everything in it, so there's no nutrition left in it. It's all dead. That's why you need rough greens. You don't have to change food. Your dog likes his food. Get some rough greens, an all-natural nutritional supplement you pour on the food. You know veterinarians all across the country will tell their patients or clients, hey, you need to give your dog some rough greens now. Vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, probiotics. You want your dog to live longer and healthier? Rough Greens is how you do that. Go to roughgreens.com slash jesse. That'll give you a free jumpstart trial bag. Go try it. Roughgreens.com slash jesse. We'll be back. Now, I will tell you that we did tweak the name of our Equity and Inclusion Committee um, just because we just didn't want to make a target of it. And we we felt right. for the people that were a part of that membership. Right. And so we renamed it, but that's the work we do is still. Do you have an equity department or anything like that? So um, honestly, so we, we had, uh, what we decided to do is not call attention to it. Um, because when you call attention to it, then questions are asked. And I really believe that um, you can do more good under the radar. What else do you have to relabel or non-label like that? Um, I think I think um, really uh, CRT social motion or ending of the two biggies that we just have to avoid the words, you know, right. the, yeah. the labels. We can right. still do the content, just no label. Yep. I get people that say I don't like that you read right. a book to my child and um, the child was transgender in the book, and you know right. I should have been asked permission for that. I'm like, no, we don't uh, call yeah. and ask permission if we can read a. A nice piece of literature uh, that shows right. inclusive practices to yeah. families. So we have um, all gender bathrooms, you know, wow. um, yeah. for kids, even the elementary level. Like I said, sometimes I get parents that aren't thrilled with some of the decisions we make, but but that's um, that's what we believe in. Or you know, we mm. are really about equity um, for all kids. Man, those blue areas. That had to be. That must have been New York City. I bet. Or maybe San Francisco, I bet it was. Let's ask Casey about it. Joining me now, Casey Hendrickson, radio host on the great 95.3 MNC. Casey, which part of California was that? Yeah, tell me about it. Red State, Indiana, right? Uh, you know, this is the thing. This is everywhere. We need people to understand that, Jesse. This is everywhere in the country. And yes, they start off in those blue urban areas, but then they start to expand out into the suburbs and then they find the elite school districts and then they weasel their way into the elite school districts in there. You know, two of those school districts that were in that video are in my listening audience. And we have been talking about this for years. And the weird thing about this is that there's actually, you know, really one or two school districts in the area that these all seem to permeate from. It's almost like the Belichick coaching branch in the NFL. You know, Belichick uh, had all of these coaches. Now they're all head coaches around the league. It's pretty much the same thing. 
So Penn-Harris Madison starts teaching critical race theory. They, of course, deny it. We have the lesson plans that are directly from the CRT handbook. They then deny it. Teachers then admit, yeah, we're totally teaching critical race theory in the classroom. Here's my senior thesis at IUSB on how to do that without the parents knowing about it. IUSB deletes that thesis so nobody can read it anymore. And then they go to these other school districts and they take over those school districts. They become principals. They become superintendents, assistant superintendents. And, and this is how this all spreads. You know, we had, it's funny because that came out and we were obviously pushing it out there uh, in the audience because there's two of those districts that are in our listening audience. And you still get people after watching the video going, nah, they issued a statement saying they don't teach critical race theory. So it's totally not happening. It's a myth. It's a conspiracy theory. I'm like, it's right there. You know, the school district that admits to you that they manufacture it, they manipulate the data and they lie to you about it. Now they just lied to you again. You fell for it again. Casey, what is being done? What can we do? Is something being done? I'd like Indiana to stay nice and red. Yeah, well, and here's the thing. The Indiana Republican Party isn't red, okay? Our party here in St. Joseph County and in Elkhart County, very red. But the Indiana Republican Party is very purple. And here's the thing. I blame the Republican governors, including former Vice President Mike Pence, for most of this. If you go back multiple gubernatorial administrations, who did they put in as the chief executive for Indiana schools? Some teachers union, you know, uh, favored leftist person who pushed out these indoctrinating policies. That's what's happened. The Republican Party in Indiana needs to learn that they're not going to be able to go along and get along with crazy people in the teachers union because it's not going to buy you any favors and it's hurting our kids. So they are obviously they're being slipped into the classroom via curriculum it's obviously not branded as crt that's their their big plausible deniability right uh it's not crt we don't teach crt that's a college course what they do is they take the crt handbooks and they pluck lessons from those handbooks out and they find their way into the classroom in elementary school middle school high school and it's just a lesson from crt right they start very very young uh social emotional learning is another one where they take tenants of crt and they put it in social and emotional learning uh dei which is you know faculty training it's in there i got a call two years ago and this was in the middle of the summer right before the school season started and i had an executive i won't say who they were or their position because we don't want reprisals here they called me up and they said we were at orientation for this entire school district and the orientation for the whole school district is critical race theory and how to implement it in the classroom but of course you got to be hush hush about it there was almost a mass exodus of principals in that school district upping and quitting at that orientation they called me up and they said you know we, we huddled together and we said we can't we can't leave because if we leave they'll replace us with people who believe in this they'll put them in those schools they'll put those people in those classrooms and then your kids have no buffer I do want parents to know this too, Jesse, that there are a lot of faculty members at these schools who are on your side. They're fighting against this in every way that they possibly can without losing their jobs. And they have to keep this kind of on the quiet, but they are doing it. You have more friends than you realize. What are parents supposed to do, Casey? I got kids, man. I got sons and I would like them to not come home one day with a bunch of rings in their face and tell me they're women. What, What are parents supposed to do? Yeah, this, this is the issue, right? And I think that this is where COVID was a blessing because people like you and me who are in this business, who've been talking about problems in schools for a long time. Yeah, sometimes you had some examples where it really highlighted that. Other times we were looked upon as being crazy, insane people. But then what happened during COVID is parents saw what they were being taught. They had no excuse anymore to not know what was happening in the classroom. 
And as more of those parents were starting to realize what the reading material was, what the uh, the lesson plans were, how terrible the modern iteration of, of math is, they decided that no, nope, enough is enough. And so they started to run for school boards. So that's, that's honestly, that's what has to happen. Um, and parents need to, they got to put their kids ahead of themselves. They got to put their kids ahead of, you know, just going along to get along in the community. And I get it. People love the teachers that their kids have grown up with. And some of those teachers are, are teachers that maybe you had as a parent when you went through that school district. But there comes a point in time where you have to say, is that more important than making sure that my kid is getting a proper education and not being indoctrinated and turning turning the classroom into a, a politicized um, you know institution really? Any classroom that has a BLM flag or a rainbow flag in it or anything like that, that teacher is automatically unqualified to be around kids as far as I'm concerned. All right, man. All right, finally, Casey, I do have to ask you, as much as I love Indiana, I do really, truly despise one of your exports, and he is known as the rear admiral on this show. Here's Pete yeah. Buttigieg. Of both profound challenge and historic opportunity for U.S. transportation. On one hand, our transportation systems are still grappling with the consequences of the pandemic, climate change, and decades of disinvestment. Casey, why do you guys have to give us that idiot? Hey, we tried warning you, man. I, we did. We did all we could. Political <laughs> came to town. They wouldn't take our calls. We did everything we could to warn you. And it, the moment we found out, I, I said this uh, with uh, with Slater as well. The moment we found out that he was going to be the transportation secretary, everybody in my studio building was laughing for probably 10, 15 minutes straight because everything this guy touched in transportation was an absolute mess. It was a disaster. There's his. He claims smart streets are a success. Smart streets are a miserable failure. So there's nothing about this guy's transportation resume that is stellar or even acceptable. But, you know, when you're transportation secretary, what is transportation secretary? Jesse is considered to be one of the easiest, cakiest executive jobs in Washington, D.C. Transportation's on autopilot in this country. They put him in the safest place that he could possibly be to get some bona fides. Uh, up his national exposure and what happened well disaster after disaster after disaster and just like when things went wrong in south bend Pete Buttigieg disappears every time things get tough you know it's interesting we've had a couple of train wrecks since east palestine haven't we we've had a couple of other disasters yeah. haven't we why can i find his husband chastin posting all over social media about bud light and anheuser bush i can't find anything about Pete Buttigieg other than the occasional interview saying that roads are racist which is a debunked nonsensical yeah. conspiracy theory anyway this guy always vanishes when things get difficult and things get tough. And that's exactly who you can expect if he runs for president again, or more likely as governor of Michigan. Oh, gosh, don't even say that. Casey, he I appreciate you, Michigan, brother. Come back man. soon. Yeah, yeah he, he moved to Michigan. Oh, no. Whitmer wants the White House. I'm telling you right now, that's my next prediction on that. Hey, Jesse, real oh, quick before I go, can I say this? Welcome to the MNC Nation yeah. family. We picked up your show. We're an affiliate. We're a proud affiliate. The show is amazing. Thank you so much for uh, for being a part of the MNC Nation. And uh, best of luck in, in the ratings and everything else. I have no doubt you're going to do fantastic here. Thank you, brother. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of yours and the station. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much. All right. Got light in the mood next. Now, all this talk about... Pete Buttigieg, you know what? You know what it worries me about. Every time we bring this up, I'm worried about my T levels dropping, because we already have estrogens in, in the plastics. It's in the water that's in the plastic. 
we shower and it, our, our T levels are in free fall. And then you start talking about Pete Buttigieg, the rear admiral, and surely that just brings them right off the cliff. Don't panic. Don't panic. I know you can feel yours dropping too. All you need is a male vitality stack from CHOP. That'll get those T levels back up. 20% increase in your testosterone levels in 90 days. Naturally. Natural herbal supplements. No more injections in your arm. Ladies, you too. You running out of gas towards the end of the day? Try a female vitality stack and see how you feel. And get a subscription because only suckers pay full price. When you get a subscription that's 35% off, if you don't like it, cancel it anytime anyway. Subscription. Chalk.com. Promo code JESSE. All right? We'll be back. These people, these people are actors at heart. You know, what's that saying? I forget who came up with that saying that politics is Hollywood for ugly people. And one, that's a hilarious line. But two, it really is true. You see these people putting on these performances and saying all these things they don't really believe. They even cry on command. We'll get to that in a moment. Now, maybe you're crying right now. Not because you're sad, but because of your allergies. Maybe you woke up this morning and you had tears coming down the side of your face and your eyes felt like sandpaper. Oh, I know what you go through. I've been there so many times. I don't have to go through that anymore. And no, I don't have some hot new medication out there. No more big pharma for the Kelly household. I have Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Instead of putting chemicals in my body, we clean the air in my home and the studio. I own six of these things now. You plug one of these in a room, Leave that room and come back in an hour. You'll know. You'll know you made the best purchasing decision of your life. These things will clean your air. Your family will be healthier. They're killing viruses and mold in the air constantly. Go to EdenPureDeals.com because they have three packs there, $200 off. EdenPureDeals.com. Code JESSE is how you get that, all right? All right. The uh, interior secretary... Very upset. I really do have to say that um, all of this is because climate change is the crisis of our lifetime. We have an obligation to future generations to make sure that we have a planet for them to live on. And that's why I'm here, and that's why I'm working incredibly hard to make sure that we can realize that transition, that we can have dif differing energy sources. We can't uh, continue to... Um, be a one industry uh, country. Production team around here is not right. Fellas, that's not, that's not right. I'll see you tomorrow. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.